Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love and strength to follow on the path you set before us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. There's a story from a few years ago about a police officer in New York City. He was working the second shift in Manhattan on a cold winter evening. As he was making his rounds, he spotted a homeless man sitting across from a shoe store. The officer approached the man to ask him to move away from the store, but when he got close, he noticed that the man was not wearing any socks or shoes. Suddenly, the officer's plan changed. It had been a bitterly cold in New York City that week. The highest during the day was only in the mid-twenties, and at night, with the wind chill factor, it felt like it was only around zero. For those of us northerners, we know what a cold night feels like. Maybe the homeless man had chosen outside the shoe store on purpose, or maybe it was just where he had landed when his cold, tired feet gave out that night. But in any case, it worked out well, for the police officer went into the store and bought several pairs of socks and some heavy-duty boots. This story is memorialized because a tourist happened to take a picture as he was passing by. When the police officer came out of the store and kneeled down, the picture was taken. The police officer helped the man put on all the new socks and the new pair of boots. Why would this story be so memorable? Because it is about a man, the police officer, who was so filled with grace. In our gospel today, we see that Mary, is a person who, although is very meek and lowly, is filled with compassion and kindness and grace. Mary did things for others, expecting no one in return. These are the same kinds of things that Mary's son, Jesus, teaches us about the love of the Father. Let us think about Mary's grace. Ave Maria, gratia plena. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The Ave Maria is one of the most recognizable and well-known prayers throughout the Western world. It is known to very, a lot of people, very many people, who are not Christian at all. We know this because our brothers and sisters in the Roman Catholic Church pray Hail Mary, almost on a weekly basis. This beautiful prayer has inspired many composers and musicians to write some of the most famous works that are heard around the world. The French poser Gounod, and also Mascagni, Schubert, Stravinsky, and Verdi. The Ave Maria is sung by famous singers, Andre Bocelli, Luciano Pravirate, Celine Dion, Beyonce, Barbara Streisand, Gr Josh Groban, 
and Frank Sinatra and Aretha Franklin. Beautiful, grace-filled music. Hail Mary, full of grace. This is Mary's call. The angel Gabriel comes to her with a message from God. Was Mary afraid when the angel appeared? Yes, she was. But Gabriel said to her, do not be afraid. So Mary simply says, here am I. The response of here am I is a pattern, a phrase that is woven through our scripture. Abraham and Jacob and Moses and Samuel heard God's call and responded with those same words, here am I. Gabriel lays out the plan for Mary. She is to be the mother of the Messiah. She gives the same answer, that time-tested response that fills the Bible by those who answer God's call. Each of these people said yes to God, quite even before they knew what God was asking them to do. Yes, people humble and lowly. No one's special, just plain folk like you and me. But what was so special about them? And what is so special about us? Every Christian shares a call, a common call to use the gifts that God has given us. Let us think about ourselves for a moment and who we are as Christians. Do we continually display our belief in Jesus Christ to the rest of the world? How are we doing with that? Do people see God in each of us? Sometimes we may not be so full of grace, but the question is, are we growing in grace? So what does that mean to be full of grace and blessed by God? Let's think about Mary again. When Mary found out that she was expecting, she was terrified. At the most, she knew that her marriage to Joseph most likely would never happen, and at the worst, she might be killed for adultery. She was so afraid that she didn't tell her parents. She didn't tell her siblings. But what did she do? She walked for 10 days on a journey to Elizabeth's home. She needed to confide in someone. She needed someone to talk to. Talk to. After all, Gabriel told her that Elizabeth was with child. When Mary encountered Gabriel, she said to him, how can this be? But what she got was more than she ever, ever expected. When she arrives at Elizabeth, she is immediately greeted by her, but Elizabeth knows exactly why Mary has come. Elizabeth says that God has blessed her above all women, and blessed is the child that she carries. Mary must have felt wonderful when someone called her blessed. But how momentary that would become as she feared for her life and felt cursed by the world. Although Mary was blessed, 
The simple truth is that Mary's blessing was a double-edged sword. It began when she realized that she was pregnant before marriage. It continued throughout Jesus' lifetime when Mary and Joseph and Jesus fled to Egypt and when Jesus disappeared in the temple for three days and his family could not find him. And also when Mary watched her son be condemned and tortured and hung on a cross to die. How many times must she have thought to herself, how can this be? This is a blessing? But we know that it is. Jesus is the greatest blessing that the world has ever seen. God's blessing to Mary came at a price. It came with an expectation. Being blessed will not always be easy, but it will always be worth it. Theologian William Barclay calls this the paradox of blessedness. He explains, to be chosen by God so often means, at one and the same time, a crown of joy and a cross of sorrow. The truth is that God does not choose a person for ease or comfort or selfish joy, but for a task that will take all that head and heart and hand can bring to it. It is the paradox of blessedness that it confers on a person at one and the same time the greatest joy in the greatest task in all the world. Claire Sauer writes that blessing comes with an expectation that the blessing is to be passed by others to others. This means that something is required of us and it may not always be easy. But when we bless others, we find out very quickly that the blessings come back to us. When Gabriel announced to Mary that all, all that was going to happen, her response was, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The Holy Spirit works to get our attention God uses others to affirm what we are hearing. God doesn't speak in monotone. He speaks in stereo. He speaks in surround sound. God uses many ways to show us the way. When God speaks to us, the Holy Spirit opens doors even when it seems absolutely impossible. Have you ever experienced God calling you to do something? Ever? Every Christian has had this experience, whether you know it or not. That's why you are here today, because of God's call. None of us will experience a call as world-changing as Gabriel gave, announced to Mary. The effect of each follower of Jesus, listening and discerning how God will use us, is what the Holy Spirit uses to reconcile all creation to God. I pray that in the days to come, 
Together, we will spend time to focus on how we are bearing the light of Christ in the world. Are we people of blessing and full of grace? Are we still working at it? Are we becoming more so all the time? This is the preparation we need to focus on these last days of Advent and into the Christmas season. Are we ready to say, here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Amen.